Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back. Today, I want to share a candid conversation that Corinne Powell and I had. Together, we'll share pieces of our stories, the impact chasing perfection has had on our lives, and how it can lead to self-doubt and burnout. We'll also discuss ways to overcome perfectionism, embrace self-compassion, the importance of self-discovery and self-care, and find self-acceptance in our imperfection. So of course, I'll be sharing strategies from my book, Chasing Perfection, A Journey to Healing, Fitness, and Self-Love, to help empower you to break free from the chains of perfectionism. So whether you're feeling stuck in the pursuit of an unattainable ideal or seeking ways to cultivate a more compassionate relationship with yourself, this episode is for you. So let's dive in and discover the real beauty of being perfectly imperfect. All right. So thank you, Rachel, for being here with me today. I'm very excited to talk about overcoming perfection, having self-compassion, both topics that are close to my heart that enjoy conversation about. And I want to hear your take on it and whatever part of your story that you want to invite us into. I am all about the real <laughs> and and just getting, you know, to hear what brought you to this place where you're having more compassion on yourself and letting go of perfectionism. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Obviously, perfectionism is near and dear to me. This is something that, you know, to be honest, I didn't even know, like, I didn't really understand what perfectionism was. I didn't even understand that that was something I was struggling with. And I would, thought it was just something that you see in, you know, in the online space, like, oh, are you a perfectionist? Or are you struggling with X, Y, and Z? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like just kind of nodding and scrolling and then keep going and moving on. But, you know, at the time, now this is going back several years. At, at the time, I didn't realize this, but I was writing my book just as a start for how I got started in my book. Those who don't know, I have a, a, I'm a published author of the book, Chasing Perfection, A Journey to Healing, Fitness, and Self-Love. And so coming back to that book at the time, I didn't realize that, you know, perfection was, was so prevalent and very relevant in my life. And it was something that I didn't realize was happening as I was just going through life, trying to figure things out, you know, as this chase, the strive that at the end of the day, is it enough? Am I enough? And those were questions that were always, you know, as a focal point in everything I did to move myself further and more forward into the directions of where I wanted to go, that it was perfection. The ideal of perfection was tripping me up. And that's why every time I would start something, I was just met with resistance or failure or defeat or just beating myself up and wondering, why can't this work? Why can't I make this happen? Or why is it for everybody else? And so a lot of those questions were really, you know, stemming me to, to move forward. But I didn't know that that was a thing. And that thing was what was preventing me from moving forward. So for those that are wondering, okay, well, great, what is perfectionism? You know, at the end of it is kind of the, the, the crux of how I explain perfectionism is that thing that keeps you moving forward that won't get you the, the attainable goal of where you want to go. So if you feel like you're get, kind of getting stuck and you're stuck in that mud and you're looking at all the things that you've been trying to do or achieve, ask yourself, what is that goal and the outcome? And so 
there's a little bit more of the context. And of course, I don't want to give away too much of my book, but my book is actually the story that leads into this chase. And as I'm writing the story, as I'm unfolding, as I'm transforming, as I'm growing, as I'm learning, like doing all of the things, I realize now this big light bulb that popped in my head was like, you're you're a perfectionist. It's like, no, I'm not. Literally, I'm having this conversation with myself. Like, this is how weird it is when you're a writer and you're in your in the in the trenches of your of your work. <laughs> and and I'm struggling with myself. And I was like, no, because that's that a perfectionist is that thing for other people, or it's that perfectionism isn't for me because I haven't achieved it. And this perfectionism won't give me the ideal lifestyle that I've been wanting. So it's like, no, perfect isn't even in my vocabulary. Whew. Whoa, what kind of messed up weirdness was that, right? So fast forward, I'm now done with my book. I'm publishing my book. And at the time, I had a completely different title for my book, completely different. So I'm talking to somebody at the time. She works in the book industry. And she's like, well, tell me the title of your book. And so my original title was Out of the Shadows and Into the Light, A Journey to Healing, Fitness, and Self-Love. And she immediately just like, before I can even finish, she goes, that's so trope. And I was like, I don't even know what that was looked at what does trope mean so it it means it's kind of like blah or something which just didn't really have that that punchline for you know a title and being in the book industry and things like that and I was like oh okay well interesting so she suggested a few different titles I suggested a few different titles and you know after our conversation I said I wonder if she's on to something so I go to my manuscript and just hit control f and sure enough the word perfect or of some context of that was probably, I don't remember the exact number, but like a hundred something times. I don't know. It was ridiculous. And I was like, oh, so apparently the chase was so far off that my mind didn't even catch up with that. And I realized that that time I was chasing the unattainable, which was that form of perfection. So whether it was the, you know, achieving the, the perfect life, the perfect job, the perfect body, the perfect marriage, the perfect whatever it was, that was actually me chasing an illusion, which is why I never achieved it. And so in that chase of achievement, that's why I kept falling short on my own measuring stick of progress and, you know, figuring out where I am going in life. Because when we're measuring ourselves to something that isn't real, and so whether this is your ideal version of quote unquote perfect in your own context, so that's only unique to you, or it could be something in in comparison where we find ourselves scrolling on social media. And either way, there's a big disconnect from who you are today to who the version of you want to become or the lifestyle that you want to create. And you kind of get mixed and lost in that shuffle. And it's like, okay, so whose life am I trying to actually live? So what does that actually look like? And so it really took me, you know, figuring that out, first of all, the light bulb went on to discovering myself and now reclaiming that power because what perfect the the goal of perfection is to actually have control and and domain and feel like this is, I did this by myself. This was for me. This is the perfect X, Y, and Z. And now I can kind of rest, right? So now we've, we've completed the task and we can move on. But I felt like I was getting stuck in that narrative loop. So fast forwarding all these years and doing the work and, and realizing now and coming to terms like, okay, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Now that I understand, let me, how, let me sever ties with that. So now as we start going into the recovery process, this is where all the goodness comes in. This is where I talk about all of this in my book. And it really is that journey to healing, fitness, and self-love. And 
somebody might be like, great, I don't care about fitness. I got cool things. Like I love what where I'm at or fitness is not my jam. Let me break this down for you in a moment. Fitness is your overall health and well-being. It's your mental, your emotional, your physical, your spiritual. And so all of that is is fitness in a box, more or less. Like when we look at fitness, we can't just just only go in on one domain of that, right? So if you're working on your physical fitness, obviously comes mental fitness, obviously emotional fitness, and your spiritual health and well-being. And so that is really the core of who you are, that soul that resides in you. And trying to figure out now at this point, what does the soul actually need and long for? And that's where you start flipping the script because everything that you long for or desire is actually found within. And so no chasing anything that gives you that external perfection, the rewards, the achievements, all that stuff doesn't mean anything if you haven't tapped into that soul's calling of who and what you should and shouldn't do or who you should be or you know who you're becoming in this moment. So it's really about getting removing the stigma of chasing something external and seeking internal acceptance and love and gratitude and appreciation for really who you are. So there was a big, this this whole journey, and I think this is where it becomes so relatable is that we're all chasing after something in our life, we're, right? We're, we're, all, we're all moving. We're human beings, but we're somehow we've coined ourselves as human doers that we just get up and do. And we really don't check in with ourselves. We don't ask ourselves, what is the mission? Where am I going? What is my purpose? Who am I? Where, where, you know, all these questions. And that was some of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my own journey. And I share about all this in there with like the, the journey to the takeaways, the lessons learned, the applications and strategies that, that one can apply into their own life as well. So in a nutshell, like, you know, chasing perfection itself, you have to ask yourself at the end of the day, is what am I actually after? What is it that that feeling or that longing or or what is that soul's calling? And tap into yourself to really know who you are because the outcome, if if you don't tap in with who, yourself, who you are, the outcome could be met with disappointment, bitterness, anger, resentment, all those things that we're actually trying to avoid, but we create more of that by being so disconnected. So. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, it, it, I can go on and on. And I know that just for your your listeners' uh, time as well, I just want to be respectful of that. So it, it's a big, long, like, perfectionism, right? It could trip you up in so many of those places and get you stuck in those weeds, which uh, unfortunately, but also fortunately, I found myself in, got out, and now I'm able to give back and help others that may find themselves just deep in the in the trenches to maybe they're just figuring out, like poking their head out and saying, wow, there's there's hope. There's something different out there and I don't have to chase. I'm so, so, so tired. I'm burned out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted because that's where I found myself at the bottom of my pit, so I call it. And that's when I said, I can't keep doing this. Something's got to change. And so that was really the transformational growth and journey aspect of it to really rediscover who I am and start reclaiming that power that I had inadvertently given away to other people to dictate and determine my value and my self-worth. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, short, short, you know, unabridged, or abridged version of my book. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I'm always inspired to, you know, know someone wrote a book because we all have a story. We mm -hmm. all have something to share. And you're the recovering perfectionist. I'm the recovering people pleaser. But so much of what you're talking about is 
is the same. Us like coming to understand who are we mm-hmm. and what actually do we like, which can be a journey, you know, if we lose ourselves, you don't even know. And then I think about that idea of perfectionism. And it said, uh, immediately I'm presented with this idea of why? Why even am I looking for something to be done this certain way before I say it's okay or I'm okay, right? Like what voice is in my head? Whose voice is in my head? Because I know that from from the angle I come at and having had to get comfortable with, hey, people are going to get disappointed in life. People aren't going to like me all the time. There's that echo of my past, Mm -hmm. the little girl inside who shows up in the present day and who still feels the same way she felt when she was little. So if I just do this a certain way and I can avoid the reprimand, well, then I'll feel okay, right? Like there's always so much more to why we are doing what we're doing and showing up the way we're showing up. And maybe doing the inner work is difficult, but I always feel like the trade-off is so worth it. Like we're either going to enjoy our life or we're going to just get through it. And, you know, I'd rather do the inner work and enjoy my life than just struggle to get through it because of everything that's below the surface that I'm actually not confronting or becoming aware of. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love that you mentioned people pleasing because I think that one, people pleaser here too. So to, for context, you know, the, the perfectionism is kind of the umbrella because if everything is perfect and kosher, then everything is your life, that you're loved, you're accepted, things are good. You're going to be just skating through life. But the reality of that is it's not it's not going to happen. And so if you if you kind of live in this delusional fantasy world that somehow I had must have created or just assumed or, you know, what we see, we're shaped, shifted by our society, our culture, our upbringing, our friends, family, peers, all that stuff. Right. So they all kind of play a, a big role into how we create this reality for ourselves. And so for me, I just thought if things were perfect, then nobody's going to bother me. I won't ruffle feathers. It won't be in other people's way. I'll be loved. I'll be happy. I'll be this, like all of that stuff. So that was that was the goal, right? Just reach perfection. Everything's kosher. But how we get there, right? We people please, right? Because we don't want to ruffle feathers. We want to make everybody happy. We don't want to be liked. We don't, you know, don't want to make anybody mad. And then we also see it in how, how we uh, set our habits and our routines, how disciplined we are where sometimes our discipline, you know, there is that fine balance of being too disciplined and, and too little discipline. So okay. kind of find that balance in is I just swung from one pendulum, one pendulum to the other. And it was like black or white, all or nothing, go hard or don't even bother trying at all. So I would swing the pendulum and go all in be like, okay, I got to do this, this and this. And then that's when I was met with resistance or burnout or somebody was like, oh, you're too much that, you know, it was, you know, and my whole goal at this point would be like, but I just want to make you happy. I just want to please you. Right. So when somebody gives you that feedback, then it can really ding on your value and self-worth again, because at this point you're kind of already fragile. And I'm pulling just from, from what you had shared is, you know, that, that little girl that's longing inside for connection, acceptance, love, belonging. And however we get to that, that's the end goal. We'll do whatever it takes to make that happen because to us, there's like this unsettled unsettledness and unease that's happening inside 
where that's where we're trying to just keep that at bay so we don't feel like this emotional roller coaster where, okay, you're pleasing somebody, but then that wasn't what they wanted. You're like, whoa, hold up. What do I got to do? Who do I got to be? What can I change? Because that person needs X, Y, and Z. But if you figure this out, it's like, okay, that's one person. Then the next person, the next person, the next person, right? So now you start putting on your mask. You start wearing these different hats, these different roles, and you start being somebody completely different. And not only did the world shape you, you've just shaped and shifted yourself to be who you want, who they need and want you to be. But then at the end of the day, you say, then who am I, right? Because we've lost ourselves amongst the shuffle, amongst the doing, amongst the pleasing, all for the greater good to just have this perfect life where people could just look in and be like, oh, she made it or she's got it so good or look at her. That's enough. That's the goal, right? So we kind of look at it from two spectrums. And I feel like having the, I look at it now as kind of like an opportunity or a privilege to kind of experience both. And I wouldn't say that both are great because there's a balance, right? There's nothing wrong with being a perfectionist if that's kind of your goal. But having that mindfulness to say, whoa, hold up, you're going in the wrong direction for the wrong reason. So reel it in, have those, you know, expectations and standards, Mm -hmm. but also giving yourself grace and permission to be like, You'll never achieve it. So we, we recognize when it starts sacrificing different facets of our life, then we've gone too far to, you know, one side or the other. And then on the other side, if we don't do anything, it's kind of now we feel this loom and doom like we haven't done anything. People will forget about us. We were insignificant. We will just disappear. And it's kind of like, OK, where do we really want to be? What if we can marry the two and have a balance of both? Because you're not going to be liked for, by everybody. And you're also just trying to figure things out for yourself. So at the end of the day, whose life are you actually living, yours or theirs? And then you have to ask yourself, well, what is life? What is living? Who am I? What, what do I even want? And that's where the journey is. That's where the, the moment where you say, yeah, you know what? It's going to suck, but I'm going to go there. I'm going to go in that deep, dark place. I'm going to face my skeletons. I'm going to face my past and go through some really treacherous warfare kind of stuff happening there. And the moment you say yes to showing up for there is the moment you start to reclaim your power and reclaim your joy and your life and your everything that you've actually wanted afterwards. Because now you realize, okay, your past is your past. That doesn't, you don't live there anymore. We can, what can we learn from it? How can we overcome some of those uh, traumas and dramas that we've inherited our, you know, from childhood on up to our parents, you know, generational things like we're just we're carriers of so much stuff, because if you think about it, we're actually consumers of a lot of stuff. And we live in a space in time here where everything is it's a consummation. We're consuming digitally. We're consuming with distractions. We're consuming by unmet pressures and, and demands. We're consumers of what we're listening to, to watching, to reading, to digesting. So it's like we're constantly things are being put into us but there's not a way for us to expel it. And so for us to expel it is actually doing that inner work and kind of metaphorically letting go and discarding of the things that no longer serve you. So you're kind of wiping your your insides clean. You're just un, you know unpacking and unboxing years and years of just stuff. And all that stuff has weighed you down and has shaped you and formed you into the version of who you are today. So to to let go we have to face that past and just be open-minded about it. But 
also recognizing there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some hurt. There's going to be, you know, some ugly, messy tears, but you have to go through that to come out of the other side. Otherwise, you're going to be chasing that past or the, the past will be chasing you as you're running away from it. So as a perfectionist, too, you can look at it from both ways. Am I chasing towards or running away? What is it actually that I'm looking for and longing for? So I realize now me chasing towards something was was actually my my running away from other things. I didn't recognize this. I was just if I chase perfection, then the back behind my past won't come back and haunt me because I'll be there and it's going to be perfect and it's going to be worth it. But in that in that struggle and in that journey you really start to learn about yourself. You really get to become your own best friend. And there's so much beauty and magic in there because nobody's going to fulfill you and nobody's going to know you and nobody's really going to give you all of what you can give to yourself in those moments because you live with yourself every single moment of every single day. So no one can really understand you at the depths of the depths. And if you don't go to the depths, don't expect anyone else to because they're only going to see the shallow surface of where you're at because they're not in there. They got their own stuff to worry about. So the the journey itself, yes, is scary. Yes, it's ugly. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it sucks. But however, coming through on the other end, is the best gift you can ever give yourself. And it's a beautiful, beautiful life out there on that other side. But sometimes you have to go through the darkness to come out of the light. Hence the title of the book. Yeah. Originally. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and you said exactly what I was, what was on my heart. In that idea that we become our own best friend. Because mm -hmm. as you're describing the difficult process of doing the inner work, right? When I see the picture of it, Doing it alone makes it all the more difficult. And that's sometimes, oftentimes, the most painful parts of our past is that what we walked through, we actually feel like we walked through it alone. We, we walk through it unsupported. When we become our best friend, when we actually grow to like ourselves, to know how to support ourselves, it changes the game. And of course, this never is me saying we don't need the outside supports, but it's just that makes, that changes the whole picture of walking through that difficult journey. Because mm -hmm. when you do it where you're actually feeling like I'm my own ally in this, how much better? So I'm curious, in overcoming perfection, you grew compassion and kindness towards yourself. So can you tell us a little bit about what that process was like? Yeah. So so now we're we're jumping. We started with the fitness part. Now we're jumping into the the healing, which is, ooh, it's uh sometimes it's a heavy topic, but sometimes it's very light because the healing itself brings freedom and light and love and all the stuff we're actually longing for, right? So in that was something I realized now as I'm going through this journey, for me to to get through that other side, I can't beat myself up about how I even got to where I'm at right now. So recognizing that was like kind of the first thing. So awareness, self-awareness, again, is probably the biggest and best tool that you can put in your tool belt. Because again, if you don't know where you're coming from, you cannot have a direction of where you're going. You could just say, I don't want, right? And so that don't want is you running away or, or escaping or numbing out or whatever it is to avoid your current situations. 
So recognizing that with self with self awareness comes self compassion because when we have self compassion, when being compassionate towards self is really the essence of being kind and gentle and patient and all those fruits that are, that you know come with our our. For me, I'm a woman of faith, so I have to really tap into those fruits of a promise, those being kind and patient and loving and understanding. And I said, well, obviously I haven't gotten that from the other people because I wouldn't be in the situation I'm at. So where else am I going to get that? Let me start practicing this on myself. So as I started practicing this on myself, I realized now how much I was showing things that I actually needed so much. But I realized now that lens of compassion has changed because now it wasn't putting the expectations, pressures, and demands for other people to be kind to me or treat me with love or or whatever that is. How can I start implementing that on myself first? And as, as, as I was doing this practice, I started feeling differently. I started showing up differently. I became lighter. I came, became freer. And it started to just radiate into my other relationships. You know, my marriage got better. My friendship circle got better. My clients, my clients and my customers were better. Like everything was improving from the inside out because I was doing the inner work. So what you, you know, the, the whole concept is, you know, what you reap, you sow. So what are you sowing inside? Are you sowing those seeds of love and compassion? Are you, are you doing that for yourself? Are you nurturing your mind, body, and soul? So those pieces were, were essentially the, the healing aspect for my journey. And in doing so, I, like I said, the, the pain of, of our past, the hurt, the drama, the trauma, all that stuff will always be there. It's not like you're ever going to forget about it and move on as if it never happened. There's scars. There's, there's still pains. There's still triggers that are there. But being so kind and gentle, gentle to yourself and recognizing that when something triggers that or when something emotionally goes awry or you're reminded of, of something, maybe something you see it on a movie, you're like, oh, that, yeah. It doesn't mean that you still have healing to go to do. It can also just be a reminder of how far you've come. And I think that there's kind of this context and it's a little bit of a side tangent here, but that concept of healing doesn't mean that we're always healing something, like that there's always a work to do. It could just, again, be that little nudge of, of a reminder for you because somebody else needs it and you're going to be the light and the healing uh, aspects for that next person. So we can't always think it like we have to do something. Just the healing part allows you now to look look at life through a lens of love and compassion. So you can actually see and feel because you you've had this energetic exchange that when somebody's going through that, you just sit there and be like, Ooh, I feel that. I've been there. And now you extend this kindness, this this consideration, this form of humanity that has been just dismissed for so long. It's like, Sucks to be you. That's your battle. See ya. And it's like, no, no, we're, we're humans here. What is at the core of a human is a soul. A soul is love, compassion, kindness, gentleness, being gracious, forgiveness, healing, right? Because at the end of the day, isn't life better when we get to do that together than feeling like we're in these own silos trying to heal individually? And then when we come out, we still have this kind of aggression like, yeah. are you healing as good as I am? Wait, you didn't do that thing, but I did. And now it becomes this comparison and competition where it's like, no, we're just all in this bucket of healing together. Let's just do this together. Right. Yes. Yes. I love that because you're giving us, I'm always, I always talk about like, what can we pull from what we're hearing? What can we do? And not to be productive just mm -hmm. because 
the point isn't just to sit through life and listen to everything and never to put action to yes, it, right? Yes. So what you're saying there is something we can do something with. Like letting the beauty from within us be the light that shines on others. Yes. Exactly. So that we're impacting people. We're not trying. We're just being ourselves. And when innately, and I believe like there is an innate good in people, right? And sometimes the the callousness comes from the self-protection and okay, I've been hurt. So I'm going to now put up a wall. I'm going to try to protect myself. But really there is the softness. There is the beauty below it. And if we just allow ourselves to be that, we create this external beauty in the world. And and so, I mean, there's so much we that could be pulled from what we're talking about and whatever's hitting you listening, you take that and walk with it. But like, I'm catching the heart of what you were just saying and feeling like there's something there we just can sit with. There mm-hmm. is something there to remind ourselves of. Maybe it's because we're running into people who aren't showing their beautiful parts. Okay. And it can start with us. It can start with us. So. Yeah, I, I, I just appreciate you sharing a bit about your own story and letting us into that because we, we need more. We need more of the real and you gave us real today. So I hope that those listening will also go ahead and get your book and I will, you know, be sure in the show notes that they know where they can get it. Um, but I really appreciate the time you spent with us and for what you've shared of yourself. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. This has been an incredible conversation. And I hope, you know, that that what we shared today was definitely something to start taking some applied action as well. And so to your note, you know, we can say all the things and speak all the things and do our affirmations and whatnot. But if we don't marry that with action, then those are just wasted words because the intention has to be applied with action. And that's where we start getting the results and we start showing up intentionally and and living with on and for a purpose. And I think that that, you know, is really the inside job. And that's really the quest of our purpose here on life is to find our purpose and then give it away to that point with, you know, just sharing real quick with the the light, right? So sometimes our spark just gets dimmed by everything that has happened to us. We're not being supported, the traumas and dramas, right? We just don't have people that believe in us. And sometimes we're just walking around with that tiny little spark. And all it takes is for somebody else to shine their light on them. And you just glow. And that's the beautiful thing when humanity again comes together because we can come out and just be a guiding light for others to help heal them and guide them throughout their journey to becoming their best and most confident selves. Yes, for sure. And where can listeners find you, Rachel? They want to connect with you. Yeah, so my website is IamRachelBrooks.com and you can find me on all social media platforms at IamRachelBrooks. And of course, my favorite one to hang out is Instagram for my DMs, but I'm actually digging LinkedIn. So if you find me there, definitely connect on either one. It's fun. I love connecting with you. So please just shoot me a message and I'll, I'd love to carry the conversation. All right. Fabulous. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. 